Hey, Steve! Hey, Chris! So, we're back in person. We are back in person. This is our first in-person Hey, Steve. In, in a long time. very long time. And uh, for some people that might not, I don't even know, well, I know that New Jersey was supposed to open up indoor dining last week, but then the uh, stuff happened in Alabama and Florida and one other state, and the governor was like, you know what, let's postpone that. But we still got some, you know, like, we're still able to be at one another's place now. So, yeah, we're most small ga- gathering. Small gatherings, we're, we're opened up. And I go to my therapist regularly where they take my temperature, so I know I'm good. So if I get it, it's because of you guys. Shoot. Well, <laughs> sorry. My bad. But, yeah, we're, we're finally back in person. It's going to be easier for me to edit, that's for sure. Um, and today, we're just going to be doing a mid-year review, which is, like... I guess like how our game's been is like like not not just what we've been playing, but like how what we how we've been impacted and how our, our game like COVID has of course had an impact. Me losing my job before COVID struck definitely has had an impact on the variety of stuff I've been playing. But oddly enough, not the completion of things I've been playing. So I've still been able to get a lot of the newer games of 2010, uh, 2020, uh, not twenty ten. Goodness, I kind of wish I'd be twenty five again. Um, but the, the, just the, the different things we've been, yeah, this has been kind of an odd year for me too, where I feel like, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where there haven't been a lot of big name releases that have really been like, oh man, I have to have that this year. Well, and also like we're in July and we would have had E3 last month. We would have had our E3 episode. We would have been talking about all this stuff. We didn't even have a PS5 reveal episode. But then again, you didn't get to watch it with some means. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, we, we didn't have E3. And then, which also, we've had some stuff get delayed at this point. A lot of stuff We were supposed delayed. to get Avengers already. We were supposed to have that's gotten true. Cyberpunk already. And so those would have been... Two I mean, of the biggest things we probably would have ended up talking about. At least you. Yeah, at least me. Those we're are talking both. about two of the games that you were looking forward to most. Yes, I mean, Cyberpunk is, is going to you know take over my life when it comes out. And there's also just the fact that, like, I know I was basically, I wrote off Last of Us Part 2, though I'm, I got a bit of curiosity. Especially because evidently that one disembowelment scene was the only disembowelment scene, but it's still a rough game. But That's like, the only reason Chris wasn't going to play it, was disembowelments. Dude, I, it bugged me. No, I, I totally, I might, I, totally I, might I might, but it's like I, it's also at this point I don't want to like I don't want to pay money for it. I'll be honest, I don't want to give the the money for it because it sounds like oh we barely improved the gameplay and it's like well your gameplay before wasn't stellar and I'm, I I've already looked at enough of the spoilers and when I first found out the spoilers they made me intrigued. Now that I've heard about how the game executes its story more, that I've heard more information about it, I'm like, wow, I can see why this is a real big screw-up and how they had a good opportunity here. Um, but that's the thing, like, you haven't even gotten it. And you were looking forward to it. Well, see, part of my problem with I haven't gotten it is that Persona 5 Royal is eating all of my gaming time right now. and Well, that and Destiny. and Well, and Destiny. But, I mean, Destiny... I'm sort of, I feel like I'm putting in the bare minimum right now where I want to keep up with it, but I haven't been, like, Persona 5, I think I've 
I mean, for some reason... You've, you've gotten close to... You went to, what, 40 I'm, hours you said you're in? I'm, yeah, I'm hitting about the 40-hour mark. I'm just about... I just entered the fourth palace. So, yeah, you're catching up a bit because I'm at the... 60 to 70-hour mark. I can't remember which one I'm at, but I'm... I decently in there but it's not much further than you uh is the funny thing like it's 20 hour difference just about but it's not much further but i actually hit a a a major kind of stumbling block like a brick wall like Hmm. a boss that is now difficult like i looked online and there are like the, the 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 problems with this boss are so widespread the most common advice because you can't use your all out attack on this guy you have a time limit to beat him, and he's got a group of enemies in front of him that you got to keep um, hitting their weaknesses. But if you don't do it within like two attack phases, they run away and they restart. So you have to basically within two attack phases delete, defeat all the enemies, and eventually it gets really tough because the enemies are bullets or well, damage sponges. The easiest way to get through this is to knock the difficulty up to merciless because it increases weakness damage by three times. But then the last phase of the boss with no weaknesses is just a huge damage sponge. So you need to make sure you have all of your guys strong enough to survive that. So I had to, like, after so many attempts, hit, like, okay, return to previous morning so I don't send the calling card. And now I'm, like, in this weird moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to try and buff my guys by doing the darts game, increasing the damage they do when baton pass, and like maybe going into uh, Mentos, which is not a lot of fun, but I can at least grind a bit there, and maybe also get some more personas to fuse, and it's just like this, now it's a trial. Like I, and We had just been talking about how easy this game was, too. And, and they, they got you. Like, yeah. the night we were talking about how easy this game was, I went to fight this boss, and it kicked my butt. And it's so weird, because it is like a difficulty spike. It's a huge huh. difficulty spike. Yeah, I know, I found that happened in, in Persona 4 sometimes. But, so generally, my solution to a difficulty spike is... And it, Persona 4's format's a little different, but I would just grind the dungeon. Um, just because that's where you're going to find the highest level enemies to grind on. Right then, yeah. You're um, going to find the highest level enemies. You're going to probably be able to... You might be able to get some that they got high enough level spells or something. Or you can get the higher level spells by getting... You know, you, you capture one like a Pokemon... And then you know you weaken the others, and you get them to give you right. You can you can quickly power up. That's that might be the other end of it too. Is that your personas levels are not the same as your character level? Yeah. Uh, Just like I described this game to my children as evil Pokemon. (laughs) Um, And so yeah, Uh, I mean that's basically it's it's evil Pokemon. It is. Um, And so the. but yeah, there's, there's a lot of complexity in there. Uh, I'm actually, so I was getting a little bit, obviously I've been kind of plowing through it, at least by my current ability to, to plow through something. And I I was sort of feeling like the plot was getting a little stale. Like, here's a bad guy. We went to his palace, we stole his heart. Here's another bad guy, which is not so, so the fourth one. It's a form. Oh, and they flipped, they flipped the script sort of. Where now it's it's um, 
It's not a. It's not a villain. It's anyway. I won't. I won't give too many footage, but it's. 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 Then you really did catch up because you're at the dungeon I completed in the beginning of June, and then I've kind of been like killing time in a sense, and now okay. I'm in the dungeon after that, which is kind of weird to think about the fact that there's a 20 hour gap for me. Now, between starting that also, dungeon and finishing it and doing other stuff. I'm probably burning through this game a lot harder than you are. Where, like, I'm, I'm... How much mementos have you got? I'm, I'm at the bottom of where I can go. So I'm... Okay. But I'm also... I don't know how you would say it. My, like... I'm... From my previous Persona experience, my, my like... Daytime, nighttime time spent is super streamlined. Like I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm just like x x x x x x x. Like okay, I'm gonna eat this giant burger now to up my guts. X x x x. Okay, I didn't eat it this time, but I have my guts. And then like back circle around. Okay, what am I doing this time? Exercise and up my proficiency and up this. And I'm just like you know what the funny thing is? The first stat I maxed and it was completely unintentional was kindness. Hmm. Or no, no, it might have been charm actually. The charm. I haven't. You like maxed it. I maxed it. Oh, see, for me right now, <laughs> I am. Everything is at like level. Is at the same level essentially. Well, that's how I was for a while, but now it's like I have that maxed out. I have like one or two. Like knowledge is at four. Something else. I think proficiency just got to four. I'm trying to get guts to four so I can talk to the dude about the weapon. <laughs> Yeah, I have all kinds of theories. We we will need to. I mean, we'll all need to. We need to finish this week. I have all kinds of theories about this game that I can't. Uh, we can't really discuss right. You now can't really yet. discuss right now because we're not finished yet. We got like a good chunk. Like I know someone that took like 120 hours for this game, and it's like. Oh, I'm oh. sure you could. I'm not going to spend 120 hours on it. I hope I'm not either. <laughs> so, so I'm going to put this out there. This will maybe this will. I'm going to be totally wrong again. I'm not. I'm just barely 40 hours in. This is my theory. The school psychologist is the bad guy. You know, um, that's just I, that's just I'm throwing it out there. I think we should just move on to the next thing. I think he's and, a. I'll go oh, with so, you know what? He, I'll go with I wouldn't be surprised if he is a bad guy. I think we already know he's the bad guy. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's there's right there's a difference there between. The bad, but that so like in in Persona Four, there was at the sort of the they always have the red hair and then the, they have the well, person. There's just sort of like at the turning of the tide where you sort of enter the end game. There's a character who who has been a a sort of a side character for the entire game that suddenly turns out to be having been a major part of all this orchestration. So I feel like and I feel there's like there's potential there. I, I will not go further, but there is potential there. Okay. So that's that's what I got on Persona Five. Um, but that's and that's like one of the first. Like, well, that's one of the only like new to this year games that has really been like fun for me. Yeah. It's also like I understand why some friends of mine, when they played Tokyo Mirage Sessions, were like, "This is my favorite Persona game," because I'm kind of wishing it was something more like that. But at the same time, it's, I'm now getting the feeling that it's like Persona is a great series, but it's also not a great series. Because Persona 5, and I know like Persona 5 doesn't have the best story of them, because a lot of people have already said that. But it's like the mechanics are really streamlined, I like it, but at the same time, 
it feels like there's just too much dialogue and too much like yeah I, there, there's a lot of stuff and unfortunately for Persona 5 Royal like as we were discussing it's like at this point the characters aren't really getting deeper they're not the, like their side quests help develop them but like in, in every in every story scene like Ryuji wants to pick up checks yeah um Anne is a complete paradox of herself in a lot of ways um the, 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 the most interesting character is Makoto because for me at least well she and of course the character you're being introduced to now next dungeon Utaba is also interesting except at the same time once you've done that dungeon as I've told you she feels like she's meant to fill in the little sister archetype but with the hacker knowledge I'm kind of um, assuming the the gymnast underclassman oh yeah the new character the new character she's she's growing up maybe just just from like as as a guy who's sort of into fitness and that sort of thing where like I laugh at like you know, she, her, and you, you take her out to dinner, and you, you see the food in front of her that she's eaten. Like, your character's eating this little plate, and she's this, like, tiny little gymnast, and she's eating, like, all the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, like, like I kind of get that. Uh, like, that was, I don't know, but... But, yeah, that, it's just, there's still not the depth there. We talked about this, we didn't talk about this on a podcast, but in Persona 4... Mm-hmm. All of the characters feel like they have these really complex motivations um, and different different things pulling them this way and that. Um, your was it Yosuke? There's a Yosuke in Persona Four who's basically the Ryo, Ryoji type character. Ryuji, okay, Ryuji, okay, yeah. But so like he has all of this guilt because he's basically his parents own the the Walmart in town. They moved in whatever the the big chain store. And then so he feels oh. all this guilt at like a, um, he's, you know, put his classmates, parents, stores out of business. And so he's sort of, oh, that's interesting. That's like, actually a really interesting situation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they did all those cool things. And like I mentioned before, you know, one of the, one of the female leads is she's caught up between following her own path and sort of the, what we think of in the, you know, the West, the whole following your dreams versus her obligation to her family and her family business and all of her cutscenes are are sort of the push and pull of that where I'm gonna go to school after this or whatever their university and do my own thing but my family needs me at the hotel and it's huh. and all these characters they feel like they have would this you, would you sorry sorry I'm, would you say the theme like this one's the theme is kind of like youth versus adults like yeah. That spirit of wings of rebellion they talk about, where the adult world's kind of just crappy to younger people. Um, would you say then Persona Four is more about family relationships? Yeah, I would say it's it's very much it's very much about family, and maybe that's part of what makes it resonate a little bit more to me too. Is like the yeah the the just the the complexities and the relationships with with family. Is a, is a bigger theme in Persona 4, which is just more compelling to me than the sort of Cause adults it, are bad, kids are cool. Yeah, well, partially because, and you know, the, the you know, Persona 5 at the end is going to reach a point where it's like, 
things are more complicated than they seem, especially because once once you're done the next palace, you're going to see them dealing a bit more with the popularity of the, the Phantom Thieves and what that now means with society kind of a thing. And um, it's going to still develop interesting stuff with the story, but again, like the characters, for as much time as we spend, it does feel like there's just not as much to it and sometimes you don't even have like the, the the options you want when it comes to speech but that could be the american in me talking yeah that's that's always a challenge for me uh is finding the right speech options but we should um we would definitely should move on we should move on because we're going to do a, a persona 5 spoiler podcast at some yeah. point yeah it's gonna be a huge enough game that we could probably talk about it multiple times but um that's the thing though like that's like the one 2020 game we've both been playing and i've been like and well we already pretty hit. solid with and yeah yeah yeah, we already hit July, but at the same time, like I think about what else has come out in 2020, and it's no wonder that I've, I'm not like hyped for it, but I'm looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima next Friday. Yes, because oh it's gosh. like something that's that might actually speak to me in terms of like because it's the Assassin's Creed I've been wanting since the first game. Yes, okay, um, man. I'm just my backlog is is, is huge. I'm drowning in well, backlog. So, in some ways, so am I because I've started so many games this year, and I especially like I installed so much stuff off Game Pass, which that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Is I got myself an Xbox One for Christmas, as we know, and my use of it this year has been mixed, but ultimately, I feel like it's kind of like it's more of an. Ex an extra storage drive for games than it is a game system itself. Like, I probably could have gotten an external hard drive for my PS4 and been fine. It would have been a lot of extra storage, but instead I have the Xbox One X with its additional storage drive, and not a lot of stuff really takes advantage of that extra power. And ultimately... I mean, it's fine as a game, just playing games, period, is fine, but, and it's quiet. Like, I'm playing God of War again, uh, 2018 God of War, and every once in a while, that thing just goes, you know, the PS4, like, early era PS4 is loud. Yeah. Um, And the Xbox One X, on the other hand, uh, like, I was actually getting confused. I'm like, what is that, what is that sound? And I realized it's the external hard drive being read. Um, because it's so quiet that I can hear the little like, tss, 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 like I don't even, yeah, I, I can't I'm, even, I, I can't even imitate it. It's like a very quiet kind of sound, but it's like, what is that? Like, what, what is that? Um, that's like the nicest thing about the Xbox One X, as well as some like one or two other additional UI things. But otherwise, like Twitch integration is awful. Like I, I played once, I streamed uh, my Darksiders three gameplay once, and part of it is you got to start the Twitch app. And you got to do everything from the Twitch app. Then you got to go through the dashboard to get back to the game you want to stream. So that's a problem in a, in and of itself. And now, like Microsoft has just killed Mixer off. But they're like, okay, we're going to work with Facebook Gaming, and it's like, guys, just Please. why do you always have to be doing your own thing? Why, even though they're technically not. But and it's like, well, we can't like... work with Amazon. We can't work with Amazon and do Twitch. No, we got to do Facebook Gaming now. And Considering Facebook Gaming's numbers this year saw a much greater increase than like, Mixer's numbers for non-Corona 2019 mm-hmm. were the same for Corona 2020. They are the only streaming service that did not see a boost, which means they probably did see a boost, 
but not from this time last year. They like basically spending all that money on ninja and stuff did nothing. In fact, it probably diminished their numbers, and therefore mixers just. They're doing the Microsoft thing. They bought something, it didn't return their investment, and they killed it. Um, like Linehead Studios. Like how many <laughs> other developers that have recently... Like It's amazing Rare still exists. It is amazing Rare still exists. But, Morning at this point, if those are like zombie studios, though, at this point, where they've um, lost any semblance of what they once were and are just kind of shambling about in the Microsoft offices. Basically... Like, Sea of Thieves evidently isn't bad, but it's also, like, not lighting the world on fire in any way, shape, or form. So, it's, 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 and that's the funny thing about the Xbox. Like, looking back at this past generation, just, the Xbox is in such a weird spot, and they just did the Microsoft thing, which is buy a bunch of studios, and now they're one of many big publishers looking to buy Warner Brothers Interactive, which is, like, and how, how are you going to kill that? Like, how, how are you going to ruin that like how are you gonna ruin having harry potter and batman and all oh, they'll the... figure it out don't worry they'll figure it out which also do you really want those properties exclusive to one console i mean do you want spider-man and the avengers exclusive to one console well spider-man is but not the avengers is that i mean is, is it marvel's avengers is multi-platform oh is it i thought it was only on ps4 okay no it's multi-platform it's multi-platform spider-man must have something to do with like the film like sony well, it must sony be. yeah that's that's more complicated. Like, film rights doesn't mean game. Sony is gonna you're gonna have to pry those Spider-Man rights from their cold dead hands. Is basically what's what's up with Sony. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I got the X. I also have an Xbox, and I think you know I played Halo Five. I've been planning to go. We did play Halo Five. We beat, yes. I beat it by myself, and then we beat it co-op. Um, you know, I hit the Master Chief Collection a little bit. Um, I played some random stuff, or my kids played random stuff like Super Lucky Tail, um, which is it's a platformer. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's not a half bad if if you if you you know if if you like likes you know those sort of character platform mascot. Platformers. Something seems fitting for your middle child about that game. Yeah, um, it's a little bit harder than I expected. Um, Interesting. Like I would say. I would say right off the bat, it has more challenging platforming than, say, like Super Mario Odyssey, and less forgiving. Right off the bat. Right off the Whereas bat. Whereas Mario Odyssey, it's like they're going to make it easy enough until you reach like the end, the post game. Right. That's where they put out the real challenge in Mario Odyssey or something like that. Yeah, where where my like my younger kids had no problem getting to New Donk City. Um. In Mario Odyssey, but within, you know, by the second level of Super, Super Lucky Sale, which I, I kind of just by the look of it expected to be a little bit easier, but it's kind of a it's sort of a throwback to all the, you know, Crash well, Bandicoot. And that's and, the funny thing, because a lot of, because these are like smaller budget platformers, so they're made by smaller teams that are largely making a throwback to, like, if, are they making it for families or are they making it for themselves? And it's kind of a mixed deal. Yeah, and I... I, and that's maybe a little bit disappointing is I feel like they're making it for themselves where if you're on level three in like a cutesy mascot platformer and like I'm getting a game over like not that what's I'm, that gonna happen with your kids yeah yeah what's gonna happen when a six-year-old tries to play it who thinks the fox mascot is cool like the fox character yeah is cool. where and I, 
like I get it because here I am. One of the big things I've been playing this year is stuff like The Messenger and Gato Roboto, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, and and so like I get the appeal of of hard, you know, challenging platformers. Something that's like, what did I? Well, for me at least, it's like, what did I play when I was a kid? And I want a really polished version of now, because that's the thing. Like I, as you know, I've been playing Hollow Knight as well. You're, I'm kind of you're way ahead of me in that. I think. Oh, I'm almost. Done. I, I could end it, but I'm trying to also. I don't know if I'm getting the true ending or not. I think I'm just going to do the ending and get the credits roll, and then work towards the the true, true ending. ending. Okay. Just so because that way, if I give up, it's like well, at least I saw the credits roll and I beat it. Yeah. I'll just YouTube the true ending because. And it's funny because for a game that's both Metroidvania inspired and, of course, obviously inspired by Dark Souls Bloodborne stuff, having gotten the true ending on my first try of Bloodborne, well, first try in co-op, um, yeah. all you have to do is, like, get an item at three opportunities and there's four presented to you, actually. And none of them require, like, the crazy extra hours of playtime that Hollow Knight does. So it's weird in that regard, but we'll see what happens. Um, but that's that also just goes to, again, like what's been going on this year. And as you listed off a bunch of games, how many of them are new to 2020? That's a good question. I mean, things I played this year that were new to 2020. Persona 5 Royal. Royal Edition, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, oh my goodness, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Right? Which is weird because it was a, such a positive experience. And I was thinking about it too. I was like, I need to go back to, to, to get more achievements Wait, in this hold game. On. I need gonna, to play more of I'm going to pull out my trophy list here. Um, yeah, that's about it. Persona 5 Royal Edition. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff on here. Burly Men at Sea, I platinumed that. That wasn't this year. That was... That was an old one, yeah. Yeah, that, like nothing. That's that. That's what it's like. The the new games I've played to 2020 are Persona 5 Royal, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So I'm a little bit better than I thought when it comes to the games I actually completed. But then Resident Evil 3 Remake, which was... And this is me speaking as a follow-up to Resident Evil 2 Remake. I never played the original Resident Evil 3. I can't speak to it. this as a remake to it. But compared to Resident Evil 2 Remake, this was disappointing. It felt like a $30 expansion followed $40 maybe. Like, it'll have the replay value for people. But Resident Evil, like, if I want to play this kind of game again, I want to play Resident Evil 2 Remake again. This, I don't know if I really want to return to it again. Hmm. Um, never even touched a multiplayer, but then again, nobody else has it that I know of. Um, especially on Xbox. Uh, but then, like, Darksiders Genesis, I was so looking forward to that because I love Darksiders as a property. Even Darksiders 2, which to me is, like, the weakest because of loot systems, I still like a lot of it. And Darksiders Genesis was just bland. I have not gone back to that in months, and I need to go back to finish it. But it's like they took a game that I was looking forward to, and it's just, just a letdown. And Doom Eternal is not bad. And yet, like, the Doom 2016 I liked, but it also felt too long. That's, okay, and that's, I think that's a big issue with games right now. Is like, I played Doom Eternal, and I saw, I, I got through the first several levels, I played, you know, maybe three hours, and like that, I'm like, 
what am I going to be like halfway through this? I'm like, oh no, this is a 20 hour game. Like, why? Like, why? Like, this should be like an well, arcade. This should be I like feel an- like, that, and that's the thing, like, because Doom, so I'm not a big Doom guy, right? Yeah. You probably are more of a big original Doom guy. Yes. Um, so you probably played Doom, Doom 2, all that Doom stuff. Doom 3. Well, Doom 3, that's the thing. Doom was a 3 totally different game. Was my first big introduction to Doom. And because I played a little bit of the original Doom, but like Doom 3 was the first one I played through beat and all that. Doom 3 felt like it went on a little too long. Like you, you return from hell and I'm like, why am I out back on Mars? Why didn't I just finish the game? Why do I have more to play until yeah. the end of the yeah, game? Felt- Doom 2016 was similar where I hit a point where it's like, okay, I feel like I'm at the end point. Why is the game still going? I have two or three more huge levels to do. This is too long. And Doom Eternal, I have no doubt, does the same thing. And it's a shame because there's aspects of Doom Eternal I like, but I might... I think part of it is because I'm a completionist. I don't want to have to... Okay, I'll save this encounter for later in the game. Right. I want to get through that stuff. And so... Part of me is like, I'm enjoying the game, but not enough to deal with the frustration of restarting all this stuff. Do I just knock it down to easy? And it's funny because this is coming from someone that just went through Bloodborne and like not only played it once on co-op with my buddy Nolan, but then immediately went back and I've done almost like, I've just about done everything but beat the game on, on solo. I have one weapon to get into DLC, one boss in the DLC to do, and then like one boss in the game in order to get one of the endings I don't have. Like, this, this yeah. like that, that's all I have to do. And this is Bloodborne. This is a game where you have no difficulty settings. And yet, maybe it's because I'm more of an action, like, hack and slash action guy now, but... So, I think there's a few things about it that... And again, I haven't played Doom or... Do- I haven't played Doom Eternal at all. I haven't really played Doom 2016 sufficiently enough. Wait, which ones but- did you say three, three, three levels in? I thought you said Doom, Doom Eternal. No, okay, just Doom, Doom 2016, okay. Yeah, Doom 2016. So... I guess what my, my feeling on, on those games, again, this being as somebody who, you know, had the original Doom that installed it via floppy disks on my, like, 386 PC. And that's, so also, that's also an era where it's like, because they're smaller teams that are doing more simple technology, they just made levels. They just made a bunch of levels because it was a lot more simple. Right, but, so, but at the same time, there's... Dealing with the original Doom and even with Doom 2... There's what uh, thirty levels in the original Doom, and it's basically just a series of increasingly difficult mazes. Um, and with with a clear how long does one with a map take you to? The thing is that I feel like the the one when I I don't have a actual stats to be. I feel like on repeats, like. Once you know where everything is, levels take five minutes or less. Like once you know, okay, go here, get this key card, open this door, go there, get that key card, come back, open this door, kill this guy, and we'll level. Like it's a it's a very quick experience. And so the game itself is it's relatively short and most of the time is spent navigating the maze and figuring out the sequence, which was harder then than it is now just because of the limitations of textures and other things. Yeah. Um, so I guess when I come into the new Doom, like, I'm like, oh, it's doing some of these same things and it's doing them really well, but, but it's, it's just in one dragged out map. Yeah. And it's just, it feels, 
it feels more more dragged out. And again, like I think, and this is my opinion. I'm just one guy. I think games like this would be better as short, theoretically short games with lots to discover and find. Like I would be happier playing through an eight hour Doom that gave me a like fake ending after eight hours, which then was maybe had an additional four to five hours to find sort of like maybe like Hollow Knight, but shorter still. Even though yeah. Hollow Knight's well, pretty huge too. Yeah, an additional four to five hours, something like that, where I find I can go back and find all the secrets and unlock the true ending and that kind of experience rather than having like a 16 hour, 20 hour, just where it's just numbing. Like yeah. playing a game like that for that long is just numbing. Well, it's also funny because going again, like at the same time, I went, because in some ways I'm like, I want the 10 to 15 hour game to make a comeback. And yet some of the favorite games I've played, gone back and played through have been 20 to 40 hour games. Like, because after playing Bloodborne with Nolan for a bit. I ended up taking a break because I wanted to play a little bit more, but I was like, I can't because we're streaming it. I can't do too much single player solo before we can co op. So I'm going to go play Darksiders 3. And Darksiders 3 was a great return, even though it took a long time. Like, it took a good amount of hours. But it's also this, like, I guess for me, if it's a world that you are in and you are learning over time and you're exploring, it's one thing. Because Doom Eternal and Doom 2016 are still individual levels. And when you think about the sense of progression in that level, like, what am I accomplishing as I go through? And in a lot of these games, it really feels like it's secret hunting uh, in Doom, tw Doom Eternal tw Doom 2016. And sometimes it's like, am I really having that much fun secret hunting? And I don't know. Now, granted, it's been enough times since I just last played Doom Eternal, and I do know I was having fun with some of it, but I feel like maybe it would be better for me to just do a... just focus on the story. Maybe that's true. Maybe I'd have an easier time with it. But then again, I also realized there's a boss that became a meme that everyone hated that's now going to be showing up, and it's like, maybe I do want to knock it down a difficulty, because it's like, I, I, I like shooters, and I used to love shooters, in fact, and I... I mean, I played Halo on Legendary to death, and I never play a Halo game on lower than Heroic. And yet, I don't know if I feel like dealing with that. It's, I mean, it was a, it's a totally different... Doom is just a totally different thing than Halo 2. It is. Where it's... And it's funny because in some ways, my feelings towards it is like, oh, this is like the character action of shooters. But I like character action games... I'm not sure I really uh, prefer it in terms of a shooter. In certain ways. I don't know. I, I maybe I gotta go back, but I'm just kind of like numb to the idea of going and, back. And this is like, I played it. I got to see what Doom Eternal is compared to Doom 2016. I actually like the more linear platforming elements to it, which a lot of people disliked. But at the same time, it's like I like I like that better than the combat. Hmm. And what does that say about your shooter? Or what does that say about me, even? What does that say about me that I like the platforming better than the combat? And maybe that just goes to show what kind of a game is more meant for me. Or rather that this shooting combat's not meant for me as much as 
Bloodborne's action combat or Darksiders 3's character action combat. Or now I'm back in God of War, which is going to be an interesting thing to write about because you, like, we could go back to our old spoiler cast where I liked it, but I was also down on it. And now I'm going back and I'm like, it's still not perfect, but now that I don't have to tell everyone how not perfect this game is, I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. I, I kind of, that's one that I would like to go back and play were I to ever get through my backlog. So this is what I, what I have on my mind right now is my, is my backlog. This is killing me. So so after I finish Persona 5 Royal, I will not have finished it by the time Ghosts of Tsushima comes out. No. I will still be wanting to play Last of Us 2. Um, and um, Tokyo Xanadu EX. Yes, you did get that, right? I did get that. Did and you start it? You did start Akiba's Beat, which I would have told you, like, to hold off on that. I just, it was, I have it on the Vita. So it was just oh, like... Okay. I was just like scrolling through things that I bought on Vita. I bought it for like five dollars on Vita, and I was really like, "Okay, let me start this." Like, whatever, it's fine. Like, I played a little bit. It's, I'm not going to beat it for sure, but I just—it was a distraction. You know what, though? Talking cat maid girl is nowhere near as disturbing as who the maid turns out to be in. And you oh, know, see, that's just that—that—that that, that was. I felt like in Persona Five, you're talking about that was so forced but then it also just made for a good like comedy of errors type thing um i was so uncomfortable i'm still so uncomfortable about it which is funny because i'm not uncomfortable about the woman in the drag bar that drags this high schooler there to get information while she's getting drunk and it's like this environment is completely inappropriate and yet i'm cool with this I'm cool with this. I am yeah. not cool with the maid situation. Or, did you catch the... There's like an implication. You, it's like a blink and you miss it implication that um, Ryuji... Maybe it's maybe it's expanded upon later. But Ryuji says something like he dressed up to avoid... Uh, you know, after he gets dragged off by... Because he can't get into the bar. Oh, he gets yeah, dragged oh, off got, by he, the drag he, queen. He, he got... He got yeah, and decorated. Then, but then it says something like that he later that he dressed up to uh, to escape without being recognized, and I'm like, dressed up how Ryuji? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but anyway, so that's but that's we where, that, that's, where about sort of, that's also crosses over into the quote unquote controversial territory of the game. And but anyway, so I'm not gonna. We we already we said we were done with Persona Five. Um, yes, we did. But no, so. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, Akiba's Beat is not going to be a major, that's going to be something that I play when I'm like, well, I can't connect to remote play right now, and, you Understandable. know, there have not been any new Vita titles in a long time, Understandable. and I'm very sad and crying tears right now about that, because uh, the Vita is my favorite thing ever. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, what are we talking about? <laughs> Let's talk about platformers. So, if you, what, what, um... Uh, so you haven't really gotten into the retro platformers like I have this year. No, I do have uh, Messenger download on Game Pass. That's for after Hollow Knight. Um, okay. So because it, it went live, and I was like, you know what, this is perfectly time because you, you and you and Noel were talking about it. I know um, a buddy YouTuber, Post Mesmer, he, he played it. Um, he wasn't as positive on it as you you were. Nolan seems like he's somewhere in between. So I think it'll be interesting because I don't have the Ninja God in nostalgia. Um, and some about the game just never really piqued my interest, but like, 
I'll give it a go. I'll see how I, how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, I, see, I wonder. There's definitely like a. I don't. I don't know how to say it. Like, especially the second half of the game. I don't know. I feel like there are aspects of the game that are totally up your alley. There are aspects of the game that feel like they're drawing from some of the same roots as Iconoclasts. Mm, I see what you mean. And there's aspects of the game that are totally probably not your thing. I want to play Iconoclast again now. Just mentioning it. I yeah, play it's Iconoclast. I'm sorry. Um, but so I actually download. I have a whole bunch of other. Um, platformers lined up and I may actually not finish Hollow Knight and go play like Claire and Owlboy and um, what was the other one? Because there's another one I got. But Owlboy was supposed to be good as well, but the idea of the, the just the, dealing with the flight mechanics the whole game makes me not want to play. Uh, it's probably a very good game, but it's one of those things like Maybe it's me being old and set in my ways because it's like Hollow Knight doesn't play anything like any of the old games I played, and yet it does. So I'm yeah. There was so there's this weird naturalness about Hollow Knight where like the first time I encountered an enemy with like a wide swing, my first reaction was to like stab, step back, like hook jump out over his swing, and then stab, back step, <laughs> hook jump out, swing like. It was just like, it was like in my... There's something that just feels instinctive about it. Yeah. Um. And especially like the, the as later in the game that I am... I, I, did you watch... when Because this Sunday I just did an impromptu stream. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did I actually did watch create, a little bit of your Dark Souls 3, but... Oh boy. I did, uh, I did uh, create a highlight of just the Colosseum. And you could probably watch me make a whole bunch of mistakes. Because it's funny watching... When you watch yourself play a game... It's so different than being in the moment because you're watching yourself and you're like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? What was I thinking? Why did I do that? And it's just this really yeah, interesting... Yeah, I know, the, I know the feeling. So it gives more of a... like It gives you the opportunity to be a backseat dr uh, gamer to yourself. Like, you know, like oh, I suck. Uh, but no, um, that's the thing. Like there, There's so many games, though, that I started and didn't finish. And part of it for me, too, is trying to... Like, when I started this year, I was like really gung-ho about recording all kinds of footage for games. I was recording the original Final Fantasy VII, I was recording Ocarina of Time, and I was recording... I started a recording of Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I was like, I'm going to make videos on all of these, and my Godzilla video that I'm working on the script for, and then the, the, I just fell into a funk over that Godzilla script. The conversation surrounding the Final Fantasy VII remake and how everyone was talking like it was an improvement, as opposed to something different, um, that really killed my spirit in wanting to revisit that game. And then, like, Ocarina of Time, I managed to get that video out, but it was like, it took from January, I posted a link to the past, to June. And that. now I'm sitting here like, do I really want to move right on to Wind Waker? Do I really want to do this? That. So that's where it's like, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do my next video on, and I got to dedicate time to that. And meanwhile, I wish I could have my PS4 hooked up. Because if I could have my PS4 hooked up, I'd just go right into making a video on Bloodborne and God of War. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> I'd have like things I have, I'm thinking about these games now. And that's part of the tough thing. Is like I have like I can only have my SNES Classic Switch or Wii U hooked up right now, which locks me into a very specific set of games. And it's 
that, but that's like part of some of my time goes. And of course, doing the Twitch thing, like streaming uh, some of the Destiny, streaming Bloodborne, streaming um, Dark Souls 3. I've been enjoying it, but I'm wondering if, because I thought like twice a week would be enough, but I'm wondering if maybe once a week is better. So I'm considering that, and it's a shame too, because I wanted to stream us doing the raid. But then I was like, you know what, you know, your, your eldest son had fun just playing Gambit with us one day. Because um, he's never really played with a whole team of people he knows, right? No, he plays with me, and he plays with his little brother, who he's usually just waiting for kind of thing. So, yeah. So, it, it was like him with a t competent team actually having a competitive chance. So, he actually, because like, you told me, like, he had so much fun. You told us, and we were both like, oh, that's sweet. And I'm sitting here yeah. like, you know what, maybe we can work him in more. Like, So, maybe Saturday or Sunday during the daytime, maybe then we can try the Leviathan Raid. Wait a minute. How many? How much? How much time do you guys have dedicated to playing during uh, daytime? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that would be cool. It would need to be. I think for me to play a daytime raid, we would need like a really good Sherpa that can, like, okay, this is how the encounter works. This is what everyone needs to do. And, and then, then I, well, that's the thing. I'm also thinking about getting your eldest son involved too. I think he can. He can follow instructions. And he can clear ads, and he can, he can do boss DPS. Like he knows, but it's like the time investment. The time investment, yeah. I mean, he's not going to have trouble playing video games for two hours. Oh, he's not. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I thought about the rest like, of everybody else around us might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, that's actually that's been. It'd be a day when the wife takes the kids to Target or something, or the other kids to Target. So that's actually been, you know, some of my gaming experiences have shifted. More and more, with my, as my kids get older, towards being a little bit more family-driven. One of the cool things we did this year is this last season for Overwatch, my oldest son Titus and I did all of our all of our competitive placement matches together, and that was actually a lot of fun. I don't play DPS typically, but we do this Hanzo Doomfist matchup, and then I flex. If, if like... <laughs> you do flex, don't you? I flex. <laughs> no, like, if if I, I can see that some aspect of Hanzo and Doomfist is not working, I'll be the one to switch off to a different DPS to, like, um, you know, if we need a hits can. Because neither Hanzo nor Doomfist is a brawler, and Hanzo is, like, a projectile sniper. So if we need a hits can, I'll, I'll be the one to switch to hits can, not him. And other Anyway, we did all our placements together. And we, you know, he's eight, eight years old, and we but placed he's good as an eight year old. He's really we placed silver gold for all of the different uh, silver or gold for all the different uh, things, and that was just a lot of fun. It's especially fun seeing you know my son being a competent teammate and other things. We even did support placements, and he he was Lucio, and he was like. There's one match he got like 20,000 healing as Lucio, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, proud dad moment kind of thing. Well, you know, it's also a shame because this made me realize we need to get back to Anthem, which we were playing with my niece for a bit. But the problem is it's it's such a game that it's hard to... Like, it feels like everyone needs to be on the same page. Or rather, at the same progress point. Because otherwise, it's just weird. Like, Anthem... Like, there's elements I liked about Anthem... But now it's like, oh, oh, we need to all go back. But where are each of us in the game? Like, it's kind of a solo game in some ways. And yet it's not. It is and it's not. And it's awful in that regard. Because it's like, I, like right now I'm at points I, wanted, I have to do with other players. And I want to do them with my friends. 
But, like, you you and Nolan were, like, behind where I was in progress, and it's, like... And yet it's a pain in the butt. And also, we... we what and, and we, like, were cursed. we were cursed, too, because it's, like... The one time we tried to play Halo or something, none of us could get online, and then we look and it's like, oh, it's because Xbox, Xbox Live, is, Live down. is down. Yeah. Then we try to do it with uh, Anthem, and it's like, what's going on? We check on like, oh, Xbox Live is down again, and it's like, why is it down all the time when we're always on PlayStation? And like, think about how often PlayStation like Sony had one bad hack during the PS3. Yeah. They've never really been down as much as, like, in the span of I, a few months, Microsoft was. Yeah, as... I mean, we are on... In this house, we are on PlayStation Network so much because most afternoons there's going to be an Overwatch match or a Destiny ha match happening. Um, I'm on a most nights, you know, playing, playing something. And I've just never noticed that. And I tried to log on to Xbox Live you know, once or twice a week, and it feels like half the time there's some there's some connection issue, or we try and do a party, and it's like, oh, we can hear two out of three. Oh, you can't hear me. Yeah, Wait, I see you as offline. You see me as offline. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, come on, like, it's like we barely ever try and do this. It's like you're telling me our game, and it's amazing. During that period, we weren't like whatever. Let's just do play Destiny, and I almost was a couple of times. I was like, whatever. Let's just play Destiny. Yeah, and with the current, and that's the thing. Like with the current season, it's not in a bad spot for its. I mean, I just realized I completely missed Iron Banner, which I have no problem with. But you could have gotten your twenty-five sidearm kills, your twenty-five auto rifle kills. Could I have? It's not as hard as you think. Auto rifles, probably sidearms. I mean, really, look at who you're talking to. So again, I did it. I I did it, and they. All right, we won't worry about. It. Yeah, we won't, we won't worry about. It. It's okay. Next time, next Iron Banner. Well, you're gonna get in there with me and Nolan, and you're gonna get like 500 sidearm kills just to show them that you can. Show who that I can. Them. <laughs> <laughs> just whoever's whoever's paying attention out there will know that you can get 500 sidearm kills. Anyway, so what, what happened? We haven't we hit today? We hit Xbox. We hit oh, my obsession so with stuff. retro platformers. Gato, if you're listening still, Gato Roboto. It's, I think it's on, it's on Xbox and Switch. I don't think it's I on I forgot PS4. I played a little bit of that. I don't think I wrote that down. Um, because I, 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 really en I really enjoyed that. I actually 100%ed it. I know you did. I don't know if I will. Um, I don't know if I'll go back to it. Again, like, this is, this is probably part of the problem with Game Pass. Game Pass is, like, I guess some people would call it, like, a buffet. But, like, I actually at least eat stuff at the buffet. Even if it makes me feel yeah. worse you afterward. Like, it's just, this is going to sound weird. Even though you can get it on Game Pass... Pay like the four dollars or whatever it costs on the Switch. I'm not going to pay the four dollars to, to, to. Well, you know what? <sighs> One, there's a there's a there's a psychological thing, with, at least for me, about Game Pass, where it's like it's disposable. It's yeah, it's just because like, it's free. It's disposable. It's free. I, I I have nothing invested in this game, so if the game doesn't immediately hook me, I just don't care. And so I think that I, that games I may have tried out. I'm just, I'm not, that I would have played if I had, if I had paid, you know, I might have been interested enough in the game to have paid $20 for it, but because I tried it on Game Pass, I'm just like, eh. Well, that's part of the issue, too, because, like, with Game Pass, I just downloaded a bunch of games. Some of them are games I'm interested in, but, like, you know, I wasn't interested enough to buy, um, like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I got Kingdom Hearts on Game Pass now. It's like, will I try it? I don't know. 
Um, but I also, it's like, oh, look, here's a game I've been wanting to replay, Ninja Gaiden 2. Let me download that. Let me download uh, Cameo, Limits of Power. Like, games I want to replay. And that's where another thing about this year, like, it hasn't bothered me that there hasn't been much new to 2020. Because in a lot of ways, it's been an excuse to go back and either play games that have been on my backlog, like Hollow Knight, like Bloodborne, um, or just, you know what? Last year, I started wanting to replay Darksiders 3. Last year, I started to want, wanted to replay God of War. Let me go back and replay them both. And in the end, I loved each game more then. And I'm still working on the Platinum for God of War. Um, and it's... And I'm okay, so I will do a little bit of talking. Firstly, I still think your advice was off, but the, given that you've explained it somewhat, the uh, play it like a shooter, like I understand what you mean because in some ways it's like you pick your target and you eliminate them quickly. Like I didn't use the R2 heavy very much in my first playthrough, whereas now I am cleaving enemies all the time. Um, I wasn't completely... The bare fist combat is weird because it's supposed to be, you know, you fight someone, you stun them. And I feel like that doesn't really come into a lot of use until Atreus gets the uh, Alfheim light bow. Because right. that has a boost to stun. So once you bring that into the picture, especially when you're going up against trolls and ogres, if you want to do a lot of the R3 on a troll or an ogre, then you switch to the Alfheim light bow... Get him to mash that stun up, pummel the thing a while, and then when you have to back off on an attack, his light will have his bow will have recharged. Pummel that stun up. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's strategies you can take, and it's a lot of it is what is the most efficient way for me to clear out enemies, which helps with Muspelheim and stuff. But another thing that's helped me this playthrough is before I even like as soon as that lake opened up and I could do stuff, I started doing quests. Everything was at a higher difficulty than it otherwise might have been, but now I'm like level 6, 7, and the story missions have enemies level 3, 4. Yeah. And so it's it, it, it's like that kind of thing that pays off. Do side quests when you can, and then move on with the story. And now I'm like 89% complete, and I've got very little story left, but I can probably start tackling some of the optional stuff. But Valkyries. And yeah, well, yeah. the real difficulty is like, I already did all the Valkyries the first time I played. Two of the biggest things that are going to be, the like, the real, like, what's going to keep me from platinuming for a bit is Muspelheim and Niflheim. Muspelheim, I got to do the hard mode now. Because uh, I, yeah. I already did the first climb up the volcano. Now I got to do the second climb. And then Niflheim is just this weird sort of, um, I don't want to call it semi-roguelike. But it's this weird sort of repetitive, like, content game where you're focusing on collecting all these items and stuff. It's an interesting system, and I really like it. And the thing, again, like, and I said this the first time I played the mm -hmm. game, I think Niflheim and Muspelheim are some of the best content in the game, and they feel like any other developer would have made a DLC. That it's part of the game, and that there's not... I, I think there's some skin downloads or something like that. Are there? There's, there was at least a pre-order bonus. Oh yeah, but, you're right. Like, you're they're, right. They're, like for the most part, God of War is a complete game. No DLC, no season pass, no nothing. It was a complete game, and they released New Game Plus for free. That is to me really impressive coming out of Sony, and that that's where like for me, 
at this point, I am very confident in saying Bloodborne and God of War are probably the best PS4 exclusive games. Um, and they are also the most old-fashioned in that, like, even though Bloodborne had the Old Hunters DLC, um, the game itself is complete. And again, like, we were talking about, like, the 20 to, like, how games feel long, and yet yeah. Bloodborne, Bloodborne, my, like, can take about 25 hours, but at the same time, when you go through, you realize how much of that content's optional. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, I feel like for, for something with RPG elements, like, I want to say my first playthrough of the original Mass Effect was 24, 24, 25 hours. Huh. I feel it goes longer for me, but I also played it yeah, in bits and pieces. But like, but so like when I say when like a game with, with RPG elements and other things, like I feel like that's a 20 something hour game. Um, mm. Maybe. Oh, well, I mean, at least. Um, minimum. Okay. Minimum, like a minimum, like, where I start feeling like it's not, shouldn't be a 20-hour game, is when it's a long, convoluted narrative, or when it's just a series of really cool corridors for you to shoot things Really cool in. levels, yeah. It's like, at some point, it's like, are these really a lot of good... Are these arenas really good and unique, or can they be stripped out? And, oh, what... what actually, perfect example. Darksiders 2 is way too long and it's funny because you watch the uh the documentary made by the gamey people on the darksiders franchise and the guy that was in charge of darksiders 3 actually comes out and he says like yeah this game was too big we were focusing on having more dungeons and if we like chopped it up it would have probably been better hmm. and having gone back and played through the game like just about every major dungeon needs to like follows the rule of three you have to do one task three times and they kind of early on in darksiders 3 they do a wink and a nod to that um there's one task where you have to like do it three times like get the three things and uh, yada yada um and they don't really do that much again in darksiders 2 uh darksiders 3 but darksiders 2 it's everywhere and you all like i started to realize as i was playing it it's like every dungeon has at least one good idea but if you had fewer dungeons then you'd take all those good ideas and have a lot of good ideas and fewer yeah, dungeons and fewer interesting yeah and there, that, that's how a lot of games would be. Doom Eternal is probably that way. You, you, if you reduce the number of levels, then you'd be able to condense all the best ideas into more. And that's the thing. Like, wouldn't you want it to be great, 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 great for longer? Well, for less time than great, but good, 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 great, good, 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 lame, great, good, 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 yeah. lame, 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 good. Like, don't like. What kind of pacing do you really want your game to be? And I do think now we're at a time, and again, like one of the common things I hear about Last of Us Part Two, is that it's just too long. Um, that's a game that probably, and even for story pacing, could have probably done itself a favor if it like just was fifteen hours. Um, yeah, that, and so that's kind of yeah where I'm at. So basically, 2020 summed up. Playing yesterday, the games of yesteryear. The yes, games of yesteryear, including I mean, Final Fantasy VII remake, just a remake of a game of yesteryear. It's so. true. <laughs> games of Persona Five Royal is a game. You're right. You're right. The best of in 2020 so far is all a retread of the past. And all I've been playing is a retread of the past. And also, games are too long. Learn to make a solid 12-hour game again. Yeah, 12 to 15 hour. 
So even though my favorite games this year are probably still like in that twenty-five to forty-hour range. Oh yeah. Or in the case again, like because I played yeah. Bloodborne through just about twice now, eighty-hour range. So I put more hours in the Bloodborne, Bloodborne than I have Persona Five Royal so far. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, again, I got a backlog too because I got Soccer Wars on the docket. I got um, oh uh, Katana Kami, uh, Way of the Samurai side story. I didn't even talk about Danganronpa and 420 HBO Scramble teaching me that, yes, more that, like, basically visual novels are a thing I like, if done right. If done right. So, I, it's it's been an interesting year so far, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This is, this is we're getting about to get hit hard. Um, well, Microsoft, that's the thing, like, we just had PlayStation 5's reveal, which, again, like, it was a good reveal, but... At the same time, like basically the reveal was good enough that I was like, I might have to get myself a PlayStation 5. Two days later, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, not a single thing they put, they showed felt next-gen. Which is funny, because Ratchet and Clank, uh, the Ratchet and Clank game was clearly supposed to. The, the, the gameplay trailer, well, not the gameplay trailer, but like the trailer for it was like, this is what the solid-state drive gets you, and then when you're seeing it in action, it's like, man, I... I've seen more impressive stuff when I saw the original Prey on the Xbox 360. Like that was how many Ks did it have? Originally, how many Ks? Yeah, the original Prey and Portal were probably the last time I really felt that like this is next gen feeling, and I haven't felt it since. Though you know what? Okay, because another thing I was trying to be down on, like oh, it's not that great. Um, Yeah, the World Serpent in God of War. They really managed to deal with him tech-wise well. And, and I completely forgot about this too, when you're in Helheim, and just all of a sudden, oh look, there's Val Raven in the distance. And <laughs> then, later on, oh look, we're underneath Val Raven right now. Like, it's, how they de- did that is like, wow, that's actually really cool. But, not very often you get that, you get this that. is next-gen feeling. And honestly, the best way to do that is the subtle stuff. Yeah, but that. yeah. Well, it's like it's. This is one of the things that always. So, I've been. You can uh, boo me all you want, uh, internet crowd. Uh, I've been playing game. Destiny Strikes with my six-year-old son, and what it's made me do is one, go a lot more slowly, but also take this. Really, you finally learned to slow down. Is is take this stuff in through the eyes of somebody who's never played this game before or seen this before and I'm like, like this game is amazing like these environments are incredible like are you, know you looking this, this is true this did is you true. stop you know and what? look at the Vex Milk waterfall you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what though you're actually you are reminding me actually of you're right like every once in a while there's a small thing because I'm remembering the first gameplay reveal of Destiny and they show the fallen ship come in from orbit like it, it, it like Warps in and then flies in from the distance. And I remember seeing that be like, yo, that's awesome. That's like, uh, that, like that is the next gen version of what they were doing with the Halo dropships and stuff. And then, you know, playing it, it's like, oh man, you can see it coming. You can see it fly off. Like, you it's see doing the- all of this stuff in real time. And now, now we're just like, yeah, no dropship. Yeah. yeah, another dropship. Uh, how many more dropships are coming during this public yeah, event? You, you, you completely look at them for like where like the public. I was just looking at the, I mean, the massive, 
like the size of the battles too. Well, that's the thing, like I, the size of the giant worm god that we got sick of fighting. Like, yeah, it's like well, like so. I mean, I just did the the latest version of like the current public event, and I'm realizing there's like three ogres, which are very large, and then they're all surrounded by enemies, and I'm doing my the like hammer spin. Super. So it's not just enemies, it's particle effects Particle all over effects the and flames and everything, and I'm like, like this is epic! Frames this is epic, yeah. and I'm just like, come on, kill the ogre, DPS! Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it is true, like, sometimes we just don't appreciate, we've gotten so jaded, we just can't even appreciate well, how so good I, I, games I want, are. I won't say jaded, it's also because it's become so normalized. It's right. It's like, at some point, it becomes less impressive, and I think it's part of why, again, like, for God of War, it stands out. Because, you know, especially because they, they save those moments. Yeah. Most of the game, you're not dealing with a giant world serpent. They save that for when you encounter the world serpent so that when the moment happens, you're like, whoa. And again, like, Val Raven is such a subtle thing. Like, you first see him and he's way in the distance. And if it weren't for the camera just panning over him without pointing him out, camera's just like, da 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 oh, oh, hey, look, Val Raven. Um, <laughs> And then, like, you come back later, and again, it's like, the game's not pointing it out to you, it's just happening. And to that extent, it gives you that time to, like, between combat. Now, granted, I actually kind of hated that combat segment. It was too much and lasted too long, but it, it's still, like, this moment where it's like, Whoa, dude, we're right in his face now! <laughs> and, like, it, and that's where the one camera trick becomes a bit more impressive. Because you're realizing, in order to make that one camera trick work, you have to actually stitch the level together, at least in the way that makes that illusion real. That the world feels this attached. They definitely would have taken shortcuts. Um, it won't be that perfect a fit, but like, you know, when you sit in the boat, uh, in Freya's boat, and you're going back home, and the camera never leaves you, it's like, from Freya's home to your home, they needed to make sure that terrain connects. And that it's believable. Yeah. Um, and again, like even then, there was like a little touch where you can blink and you miss it, where there's just a reaver walking around scouting out. You can blink and you miss it during that whole segment because you got so, some free camera control. So it's like there, there's little touches that it's like, you know what? Yeah, this is next gen. This is, they did a good job with this. And again, like now I'm seeing all the praises, but, and I will also say, Dark, God, God of War is an honorary Darksiders or unofficial Darksiders, however you want to call it. It is. It's that mixture of genre. How much did you play the original God of War? Yes. You did? A lot of times. Okay, for some reason I thought you said you were the one who had it. Well, you, you didn't play the sequels. Dude, the only one I haven't finished is Jar Genesis. I've played through each game at least twice. I've played through the first one more than that. Okay, I'm, I'm having... Darksiders is one oh, of no, God of War. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, so you're aware then that Darksiders ripped off the original God of War game. Sort of, because the developers referenced Devil May Cry. But I get that, yes, there's clearly some God of War DNA with the way he opens chests and other crap like that. Right, and so, so, so sort of saying God of War is an honorary Darksiders. <laughs> no, 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 the new one is because the original God of War is a character action and just that. Darksiders is a character action, plus Prince of Persia, plus Legend of Zelda, and then Darksiders 2 is a Diablo, plus Legend of Zelda, plus Prince of Persia, plus character action, and then Darksiders 3 is a character action, plus Dark Souls, 
plus Metroid. So they're all they are all in some way of fusion of genre. Okay. And that's what God of War 2018 is. It's got that character action element. It at least took influence in Dark Souls controls. I'm not gonna go further than that. Like because like I'm playing Dark Souls 3 last night and I'm like, wait a minute, the, the button mapping. Oh yeah, the, the, the button mapping. The God of War clearly, button mapping is, is clearly Dark Souls. That's, it's not, but the combat's not. Yes. The combat's not, and it's got the role-playing loot color yeah. mechanics. Well, the, I mean, anyway, we don't have to get on to it. Anyway, so, in hindsight, or not in hindsight, in summation, games are too long, we're playing old stuff. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back, and also, pay attention to the little things, because that's what next-gen is. It's pay attention to the little things. Um, no, thanks guys for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed us being in the same physical meat space again together, because I certainly did. As did I don't I. know about you, man, but like talking online, like it wasn't bad. This it's, is just, this is so much missing, It's missing something, yeah. Um, so we, yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening. Again, like www.ramblepack64.com. Um, send an email to ramblepack64 at gmail.com if you want access to the Discord server. Um, I don't think many people listen to this, or if you already have access to this server, I don't know. But, um, and youtube.com says ramblepack64. Uh, this episode brought to you by Boom Audio. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't, but that's where, that, that, that's the only that's, place Steve would type, I guess. That's the only place I would hype right now. So. Are you not doing any more music reviews? Uh, no, I just, I haven't had the time lately. Ah, that's with, a shame. you know trying to keep up with life and yeah. also being like the only one of two people at a small online retail business that'll do it selling amazing headphones so thanks a lot for listening guys i uh, hope to catch you next time uh have a good night, have a good night.